Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar swords and scalies. I'm your host, Lid Milanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Anne Gron, Lucky Evie, Stryker, Math Machine, and Jordan. Today is our 45th episode, and we're discussing the 1984 Super Friends, the legendary Superpowers show episode, Island of the Dinosaurs. So, let's get things started. Oh, yeah. Now, yep. So, Super Friends was basically an attempt by Hanna-Barbera to create an action cartoon featuring the uh, DC superheroes. You know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, etc. And, and their end was, result it, is they basically made Aquaman sucky. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. They definitely did not help his image in that. But, yeah, Super Friends lasted for an extremely long time. It basically ran for a decade, which, for an action show back then, was almost unheard of. And... One thing that the show had a lot of was transformation in it, with entire <laughs> episodes of it. There were episodes of them turning into circus animals, with like one woman becoming like a zebra, another yeah. one where she became like a space rhino, Wizard of Oz characters, and probably yeah. the weirdest one was, I kid you not, an episode where they did The Hobbit, and I... Oh, <laughs> yeah, they actually did an episode where they did The Hobbit, and they all turned into hobbits, and it is just... One of the weirdest things ever put to television, I think. But yeah, this episode in particular was one of the ones with transformation, and it was from the show's final season, believe it or not. And this episode basically begins with the bat plane uh, flying overhead as Batman drives a scientist named oh. Dr. Stein to a conference. And there's two interesting uh, actors in this episode that I want to uh, talk about for this time period. Uh, the first one was the announcer, who was played by uh, Dick Tufeld who also was the narrator for a Walt Disney's anthology TV show. And more famously, he was the robot on Lost in Space. Danger, yeah. danger, Will Robinson. That was him. Nice. Yeah. But also, uh, in this season, Batman was voiced by none other than the legendary Adam West. Nice. So we uh, finally get to hear yeah. the 1960s Batman reprise his role. And... It really is such a joy to hear him again, even though he doesn't really get a lot to do in this episode. Just to hear Adam West as Batman, it's like nothing has changed. He slips back into the role so, so easily. It, it is amazing, you know? Yeah. I, I grew up with nineteen the 1960s Batman. It was that... It, it's beautiful to hear him, his voice again, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah and again, great. he was one of those yeah, guys who... Him. Like hands. He always down. had an appreciation for the character, it seems, you know? Like oh, you know, yeah. he knew uh, it was, you know, yeah, like horny and cheesy and that, but he also gave it hundred and ten percent, which oh, yeah. is again part of the appeal. He, yeah, he especially turned... had fun in stuff like Family Guy and whatnot. Oh and yeah, yeah. Here he like, amped it up. Uh, and even here, like where he and some person are flying to a Japan expo and yeah. like it's uh, uh, and out of the blue, a freaking pterodactyl just comes yeah, out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. yeah. It nearly uh, crashes into the uh, bat plane, and Batman has to land it on a nearby island. And yeah, I, I will love, say... Yeah, like, I, I, just love this, I just love this scene in particular because it's like, oh no, there's a thing coming at us. Let's move out of the way. And just like moves up a few the inches and just knocks into the freaking pterodactyl. Like, oh no, them, yeah. we tried our best, but then it's like... <laughs> Hey, yeah, and again, Adam Barbera standards is a whole lot of animation. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, definitely is, and that leads me to another thing with this show for me. Anyway, I feel like the human designs are really sometimes off-putting. Like Batman and Robin, and some other characters like Superman look all right, but other characters like you know the uh, normal human version of Wonder Woman, they just look so off to me. And I don't know why. It's like something like yeah. I guess that uncanniness to it. I don't know why. I always I felt like Hanna-Barbera did better with comedy than with action because of that, because it just feels so stiff at times. And again, it's not their fault. It's also the fault of the uh, television broadcast standards at the time. You couldn't even have, like, Batman or Superman throw a punch, God forbid, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, had to, they had to... They had a sensor with onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that what? too. Uh, that's onomatopoeia. what the uh, Batman... 
The uh, like the Biff Pow stuff from the Batman uh, sixty show. The sound effects, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, the sound effects, yeah. But yeah, uh, so basically, what happens is when they uh, land on the island, the scientist attempts to use his uh, communication device that can contact and reach anyone. But a yep. T Rex appears, which causes them to flee. And the dinosaurs here look very cartoonish, which you know it works well. But it's somewhat is strange when you compare it to like the realistic designs of the human beings. In that you think this, like uh, this T Rex looks kind of like the kind of like Godzilla from the Hanna Barbera thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. good looking that out of your head. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, basically uh, what happens is uh, Batman and the scientists hide in a cavern from the dinosaur and we get probably one of the best parts of the episode when we get to hear Adam West say, Unbelievable! A living Tyrannosaurus! Which uh, just getting yeah. to hear Adam West say that as Batman, th th that makes the episode worth it for me. Yes. You know, if the rest of the episode was like the worst oh, thing on television, at least we get to hear Adam West be so excited about seeing living dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, oh, that's just man. part of the reason why he's just so amazing because he can make a line as silly as that and actually make it sound like it's so awe-inspiring. Yeah, he can make it sound like a genuine reaction. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But what happens is that uh, Dr. Stein attempts to use his machine again, but he and Batman are hit by a mysterious ray that freezes them into place. And we get to see uh, Wonder Woman, Robin, Apache Chief, and apparently a guy called Ronald who has... Is, a, is basically just there and is also somewhat a of a person. He's a normal person. Uh, I don't know. He's a telepath the doctor, as well. The scientist that uh, Batman were, uh, was... He's an assistant, right? ...combined to form Firestorm. Oh, I did uh, not know wait, that. That was Firestorm. What? Yes. I I did not know that. I I would not get that if I just because I just saw this episode. I wow. Okay, news to me. So that explains right, why then. he's so muscular. I had in my notes that <laughs> why did they make this random guy so much more muscular than the superheroes? But I guess that answers it. Because yeah, he uh, actually is a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Now well, we learn new things now. So yeah, basically, apparently, uh, honestly, seeing Firestorm in the opening, I was like, "Oh, so he apparently was out a lot earlier than this." And then I see, then I hear that, and I'm like, "Part half of Firestorm was in this, and we didn't even freaking know." Right, what? right. But yeah, like uh, what? But yeah, like I said, uh, what's interesting? I did not know that, and yeah, that kind of ruins the joke I had planned for the podcast episode, but. Else? So, what happens you know, I is honestly a, think I also hear that and I think this this guy reminds me of like one of those lesser telepaths from Mob Psycho 100. Oh god. I was oh, going to say he was some random guy that they just got hitchhiking across and they said, "Okay, <laughs> let's bring you on a trip to this island." But yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that, that one random dude? That yeah, he's, he's like <laughs> some random does. guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, uh what happens is they're, of course, heading in Wonder Woman's invisible plane to the island, and Wonder Woman's a voice actress in this uh, episode, and I'm not sure how she was for the rest of the season because she was changed from the uh, other season of the show. She sounds very dry, like she's just kind of reading off of a script. I, I can mm. tell that she's trying to give it life, but she just doesn't seem yeah. very, like, Often, into it, it maybe. seems. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely interesting because later on, uh, when something happens to her, she puts a lot more energy into that. Yeah, but, we'll uh, get for to now, that later. We, but for now, she's uh, actually kind of bland. Uh, the character of Apache Chief, uh, when I saw him, I kind of cringed because I was like, oh, God, what are they going to do with him? But yeah, he's I was really not that bad. With, yeah, I was really, honestly really... surprised with this as well. Like, I half expected them to go, like, like the route like of Peter. everything in the seventies and be yeah, all just like, yeah, yeah, Ooh, bunga, very, bunga, that sort of thing. Yes, yes, be very stereotypical. Let's say yes, but they avoided yes. that, and I give them credit for that. I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and also, but yeah, uh, Robin is sadly not versed, not uh, voiced by Burt Ward, but he's voiced by uh, Casey Kasem, who probably is best known for voicing Shaggy, and yes. he pretty much did every single Hanna Barbera show oh. uh, in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. So, so it was my favorite character from Scooby Doo. 
That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yep, yep, he's shaggy. Yeah. And he yeah, played he shaggy like shaggy. for a lot of his life too. You know, he he stepped away from the role for a little while, apparently because he was upset having to do a fast food commercial, but he came back mm-hmm. on the uh Basically, on the condition that Shaggy would become a vegetarian, and that he got his way, and he voiced Shaggy for pretty much uh, almost the rest of his life until Matthew Lillard replaced him. Yeah, oh my God. and until like yeah. uh, another Shaggy character uh, comes in and voices him as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, what happens is the group land and they investigate a uh, Batman's crashed plate, and they wonder what could have made those uh, strange tracks in the ground. And then that's interesting is. The background work on this show varies from shot to shot. Like, one shot is a drawing of a jungle that looks incredibly realistic. Like, this is like a photograph they sketched. And then the next mm. shot looks like something like it would be a children's drawing of some trees. It, it was <laughs> so inconsistent, you know? Yeah. It definitely is something that... Show, huh? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is something that I feel like they had... They didn't have a way of how to do it, basically. So what happens is that the group then see the uh, T-Rex slowly approaching uh, Robin. Apache Chief uses his powers of like a turning giant to easily defeat the monster. He throws yeah. it off a cliff. And because this was the 80s, there couldn't be any violence. So not even the dinosaur that was thrown off a cliff could get hurt. It lands in a bush, you know? I'm sorry. Like, no violence? Come on, man. Freaking Transformers. Like... Well, yeah, I'm talking, well, I'm talking Hanna-Barbera. Let's do it that way. Oh. Hanna-Barbera of the time. They they couldn't get away with that. Okay. And yeah, yeah Transformers pansies, I definitely but... <laughs> was the same year as this. And I imagine kids that watched this going to watch Transformers and having their minds blown. Because that, that really blew the door open for oh, uh, yeah, it did. television. Yep. And what they can get away with. But yeah, what happens is that uh, a Triceratops then approaches them. And the mysterious ray from earlier freezes it again. And the ray is held by another scientist who brings them to his castle, which is surrounded by dinosaurs. And this scientist looks uncannily like Dr. Eggman. Uh, like the mustache and the goggles that. and that. You know, I, I thought of that. You know, it's like, I'm going to use these dinosaurs and turn them into robots because I hate that hedgehog. Basically, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Now <laughs> I can't yeah, get that. That would have been I'm more dare interesting. You. I dare you. Yeah. And basically, what happens is that uh, the scientist is revealed to oh, have wow. created the dinosaurs with a genetic beam that basically turns animals into their dinosaur counterparts. And he showcases this by turning a vulture into another uh, pterodactyl. And Apache yeah. Chief is basically the only one of the group that's absolutely disgusted by this. But the scientist basically refuses to listen to reason. And this brings me to one of the uh, most unintentionally hilarious parts of this episode, which is going to be followed up by another one. But the first one is the scientist basically goes on a huge rant about how he will bring back the race of dinosaurs. And Ronald's response is basically, whatever makes you happy, dog. It's like, it's so blasé and so normal. It's like the guy just did like a whole evil villain speech. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, you're like, man. You're whatever. not concerned about this guy wanting to bring dinosaurs back, you know, you know, turning other animals into dinosaurs and that. It's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. We do not um, care. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, what happens is Ron- uh, Robin then finds uh, Dr. Stein's glasses. And Apache Chief decides to look in the uh, foliage while the rest look in the fortress. And this is, leads to the second bit of uh, unintentional comedy episode. Because the group claim that, oh, we've looked all over the place. But the animation only shows them walking down one hallway. It's like, yeah. it, it feels yeah. like they were like, you know, oh, oh, we got to find Batman and Dr. Stein. And, oh, well, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. Yeah, I'm, all right, that's lunch. <laughs> yeah, right, let's go to bed. We're done here. It's like that John Tron line where it's like, I need to see no more shit. Never experienced 80s Hanna-Barbera. What they did to save money instead of having to animate uh, segue scenes, they oh, just God. always did the star wipe 
uh, yeah. every single scene, and it is—it's like the Transformers logo. They would just do it like, oh, you think you'd do this for like a several hour uh, advance? No, it could be like three seconds. They just didn't want to animate shit. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, like that really shows how Chiba was. And same thing with the walking animation. It feels like the, it's like uh, it's almost like on Flintstones where they would run, but it's the same background looped. It's almost the same trick done here with the hallway. Is that the joke is is here? This is meant to be taken seriously, so it seems even more out of place. Yeah. But yeah, uh, basically what happens is Wonder Woman attempts to stop the scientist, but she spins her lasso so long that he traps her with a net. And the yeah, scientist it's like, then... oh, whoa, 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 oh, no, how can I pot? Oh, God. <laughs> it's that like, also reminds me of that faster, little... You could have stopped him, but... Yeah, oh, man. It also reminds me of this one, uh, one, of this one little tidbit that uh, Wonder Woman used to have this weakness, where, like, she she was powerless against uh, uh, against a male who was able to bind her. Which yeah, well, the uh... reason behind that there was a reason behind that. The guy who made Wonder Woman was into BDSM. Yeah, and it, literally, and it, was, it literally was a thing for him to satisfy his fetishes. Yeah, kid you not, Wonder Woman was partially made because this guy had a fetish, and now she's a you know I love the whole thing. Oh, she's a you know icon and i mean yes she was but not by the author's intention he intended her to be like yeah he was into like whole yeah. matriarchal societies and yeah things like that, and that's how it was for him i yeah, mean you yeah, can even yeah. tell with some of the cover art yeah yeah he, he definitely yes. had he had something he liked and he he took it all the way to the bank, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. he did. Took yeah. it all the way to the bank. Oh, God. That just reminded me of freaking uh, the Stockholms. And also, that in turn reminds me of this Opus comic, where, like, there's this, like, bald guy with, like, a ponytail in the back talking with, like, one of the characters, Cool Joe, I think his name was, who are, like, who's, like, Cool Joe's talking about becoming a... Uh, comic book character and like he's talking with this guy and then like one of his uh assistants which is basically just a wonder woman lookalike who uh, uh hands him his pencil and he's like you know most of us in college never really got girlfriends and it's just like makes me think that is the person who legit made wonder woman <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and believe it or not the uh, guy who made wonder woman uh just uh and this little bit of a tiny tangent uh he also t tried to Excuse me. He also helped invent the uh, lie detector, believe it or not. He did? He, he helped on fuck? it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, he wow. actually helped uh, work on it a little bit. Damn. Yep, so it's very interesting. But, yeah, what happens what is, is uh, now, now we get to the good part, because the scientist turns Wonder Woman into a dinosaur. And I gotta be honest with you, I think her as a dinosaur looks way better than her as her normal design. And that it actually doesn't look like some kind of horror, some horrific mannequin. It you reminds know, me a little bit of that one alien from Space Ghost, where it's like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think they kind of, one. they probably reused the design actually to come to think of it in a little way. Yeah, but yeah. I like that it's a nice touch that she keeps her hair and outfit, and it, it doesn't change her look because she looks exactly the same as the other dinosaurs. But yeah, it also makes her look more feminine, if that's the right term. But, yeah, yeah, it kind of does make her a little more feminine. And this is the part where her her voice actress in this part is actually trying because Wonder Woman as a dinosaur has a slightly scratchier and grav and more uh, gravelly voice, and it actually works well. It works well mm. for the uh, character in that. It shows that she's been transformed. And sadly, I do have uh, bad news. We do not get to hear Adam West do a dinosaur voice. No, if we could have had Adam uh, West playing Batman as a dinosaur, that, that would have been the, the best thing ever. That would have made this a 10 out of 10. Yeah, uh, this would have made show. Yeah, this this episode would have easily been one of the best episodes just by hearing Adam West do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, sadly, guys, I gotta hop off. I gotta do some important calls. It's all good. It's all good. All right, it's all good. So, all yeah, good. Okay, yeah, I'll see you uh, next time. Second. So, yeah, what happens is uh, Ronald and Robin basically uh, make it over the wall by pole vaulting when they see the uh, dinosaurs. And the funny thing is, after they make it over the wall of the castle and they run into the jungle, 
The dinosaurs just stand there and hiss. Like, like, like they're too lazy to stop them. Like, you know, oh, we were too lazy to look for Batman, and now it's like, oh, we're too lazy to hunt you guys down. Sorry. Yeah. yeah really, you know, and again, I know why they did, because they only had 11 <laughs> minutes, but when you, and again, I know trying to notice, like, the plot holes in that are really just yeah. uh, out of place, but there's one thing, too, I actually forgot to mention. I'm going to go back uh, one second, because I actually skipped this in my notes. Uh, there's a lot of animation errors in this show because 80s Hanna-Barbera. But I think yeah. one of the uh, biggest uh, animation errors is when they see the dinosaurs, Robin basically is talking and Ronald's head just does like this weird twitch. Like it wobbles back and forth like he was a bobblehead for like, yeah. for, like no reason. And I, it just <laughs> looks so weird when you notice it. And it's like, why did they do that? It's like they couldn't have just had him stand still and it would have looked better. You know, it's something that I guess I wanted to indicate movement, but it just turned out so weird. And I think that, to me, is probably the weirdest animation error of this episode, which for 80s Hanna-Barbera, it doesn't have as many as you would think, believe it or not. It, it still has quite a bit, but it doesn't have as many animation errors, uh, at least really egregious ones that we could point out, aside from, like, the weird backgrounds and that weird sort of head twitch. But anyway, uh, finally getting back to the actual episode and the story, Apache Chief is busy uh, searching through the jungle before he saves a man that drowns in quicksand. And the man turns out to be the... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. I, I hear you say the man, as the man drowns in quicksand, like, Apache Chief, Oh no, we're too late! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh God, well, Apache Chief is not late and he saves the guy. And it turns out that he turns out to be the uh, scientist's previous assistant who gives the backstory. And the backstory is that the scientist is basically testing out his machine, but he accidentally steps into the beam's path, which turns him into a dinosaur. And it's like, yeah. okay, that that's the best you could have come up with for a backstory for this guy. It's like, oops, oops, I stepped in front of the machine. Whoops. Oops. It's like, don't, oh man, I hear that. And it's like Donut from uh, freaking Red versus Blue, like uh, apparently setting fire to a lot of things, and all he can say is "Whoopsie Daisy." <laughs> exactly, it is exactly like that. But then, oh, oh, my God. Hair, uh, that, uh, oh why is Lex Luthor evil? Well, Superman made me lose my hair. Yeah, well, why is Doctor <laughs> Doom evil? I remember that. Oh well, God! Yeah, well, it's also it's like actually a... Superboy that made him lose his hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like also why is Doctor Doom evil? Richards made me put my mask on before it was complete. I hate Richards. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was more like uh, like he did it himself. What? Like he he couldn't wait very very long while Forge Masters were busy making the mask. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, but but he blames yeah, Richards for it. Don't forget, and that's why he vows to destroy him. But man, comic, comic books are weird. Yeah, I think if you get yeah. anything from listening to this episode, it's this: comic books and superheroes and supervillains, they're weird. Yeah, they're very weird. But yeah, basically uh, what happens in the episode is uh, Ronald and Robin appear and they tell Apache Chief that the scientist is going to link up the genetic beam to Dr. Stein's device that apparently turned everybody into, into dinosaurs. And I like how Apache Chief just rips off the gate of the castle and the group runs up to the lab instantly. It's here that we get the part with, uh, with uh, Wonder Woman uh, stopping the group with her lasso and it leads to a very funny animated gif that I actually posted earlier, but yeah. <laughs> I, saw. I just love how how uh, overjoyed she is, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like she it's almost like she likes being a dinosaur, you know, which it just looks like she enjoys it a lot it, more than just being an Amazon. An Amazon, which that's why. Yeah. But before the scientists can turn uh, everyone in the room into dinosaurs, a stegosaurus suddenly arrives in the room and frightens them away. Now, I will give him credit. This was kind of foreshadowed when Apache Chief ripped down the uh, gate because the stegosaurus followed them in. This didn't just come completely out of nowhere. And I give yeah. him credit for at least putting the basic amount of thought into that. Because, really, Hanna-Barbera could have easily just had the stegosaurus yeah. show out of nowhere and no one would have questioned it. So... It actually took some, even like the most minimal effort, and you got to give him credit for at least that. 
Yeah. Then, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What happens is Apache Chief then, of course, captures both the dinosaurs and the Stegosaurus, and the next day, the ray is reversed, and all the animals and humans are returned back to normal. We get to hear more of Adam West, finally, and I think he only yeah. had, like, three lines in this episode, which, what that, is a tra- <laughs> that is a tragic waste of Adam West right there. That is a waste of perfectly good Adam West. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. You, know, you know what they should have done? They should have had, you know, when all when the dinosaurs were screaming, they should have had him go, It's a shouting match you want, is it? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I beat God. you! What, what was that from? It's some family guy. <laughs> Perhaps the noise should have learned to fear me. Nobody messes oh. with dinosaur Adam Wee. Adam Wee. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the episode ends with a very lame joke where Ronald says that he's going to have to face his father from being out all night and that I'd rather fight a dinosaur, which, again, now that I know that he's Firestorm or, you know, part of Firestorm, I, at first, when I saw this, I had no idea of that. Me you know, this neither. came, like, completely out of nowhere to me. This is like, who are you? Why are you here? What is your purpose? I thought that he was just some random guy that they <laughs> took with them on the trip. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah. I thought he was, like, a, a weaker telepath. That they just brought because they felt sorry for him. Which... Yeah, I, just, I didn't even think he was a member of the Super Friends. I thought he was just like, again, some random guy that they picked it's up. Like, it's like that one. It's like Serizawa from freaking. Uh, oh, not Serizawa. That's Godzilla. Uh, whoever the guy. Whoever Sensei is from uh, Mob Psycho 100, that's who I think he is. You mean Reagan? Uh, Reagan. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's Reagan. Huh, I didn't know that. But yeah, uh, this is the final episode, uh, final season rather uh, of Super Friends, and it it lasted again for a really long time, like a decade. And they Actually, got some pretty big. No, uh, that, this is not the final season of Super not? Friends. I thought it was. I thought it uh, was. Well, technically, yes, but there are four other seasons, each named differently for some weird oh. reason. And it actually stops at the. Hold on, I have it pulled up here. At here it is the great the world's greatest super friends. That huh. is the final season. I see. Huh. I, I wonder why they did that. Maybe it was for like uh, ratings or something. That that is weird. They would keep changing it. But yeah, uh, apparently with super friends, they would get a lot of uh, Pretty predominant people to do voices, aside from the usual uh, Hanna Barbera uh, people. They had a uh, Ted Cassidy, aka Lurch from Adam's Family, as a uh, Black Manta, and they had of all people Ernie Hudson as Cyborg. So that means we got Winston from Ghostbusters oh as Cyborg, which is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost—it's honestly a shame they never got him for like Teen Titans or anything, because that would have been a mm. really cool callback. Actually, yeah, him, it would have. They had him play like Cyborg's father or something. That would have been really cool. That could have been awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, basically what happened after Super Friends ended, I don't think we really got any uh, DC cartoons until Batman the Animated Series. And this show is absolutely nothing like that. This show is on a whole nother level, but it has its charm. I will give it that. It's not the worst superhero cartoon it's not as bad as stuff from like filmation or even like the oh, um, marvel cartoons that was literally just still images which is like the ultra cheapest cheap cartoon ever made probably yeah. it has its charm it's again it's not a good cartoon probably by any stretch of the imagination but it is a fun one and i gotta give it credit because it was a stepping stone in a way it it seemed like I say, now we can look at it with hindsight and be like, oh, that's so stupid. How would stupid idiots like it? But looking at it with hindsight, you know, it really does seem like they had a lot of fun with it, at least. Oh, hell yeah. At the very least, you know, they they knew what they were doing, and they just tried to make it a good time. And, yeah, I think they succeeded with it. Hell yeah. Same here. Like, yep. you get that a lot from uh, the Hanna-Barbera stuff, like, even some of their earliest work, work, they really did do their best to make it work. And for oh, the most definitely, part, definitely. it has withstood the test of time in the most oh, definitely, definitely. interesting way possible. Yeah, like I say, like uh, Hanna-Barbera, I feel like, you know, a lot of people like rag on them. But I feel like, again, they're way better than stuff like Filmation and that. 
that, that those guys like didn't even try, you know, it's like, oh, like yeah. these people today still watch stuff like, uh, like yeah. super friends and that nine tenths of filmations cartoons are pretty much just forgotten except for he man. And that's probably only remember because Skeletor was so hysterical. Skeletor uh, was the best thing about he man. I will he stand was, by he that. Was. Yeah. Oh, he was, he definitely, definitely was. But now it is time for the uh, question of the week, which is, what is your favorite superhero cartoon? And I know everyone's probably going to say uh, Batman animated series. <laughs> so in order to uh, not start with that, I'm going to start by saying I really enjoyed the uh, Justice League cartoons. Same. I thought they were a really nice uh, culmination oh, of the DC animated universe. I feel like they got a lot of love for characters in that. They had an episode where they basically fought like a... Uh, uh, parodies of the original Super Friends characters. Like, they had yeah. a character who was supposed to be, like, Apache Chief. They had two characters who were supposed to be, like, the Wonder Twins and that. And I like what they tried to do with it. And I feel like, as a whole, you could definitely feel it was a love letter to DC as a whole. It really seemed like something that they truly, again, cared about, and they put a lot of effort into. And, of course, the Batman and Superman stuff were always good, but I also liked when they gave characters like The Flash and, you know, them a uh, really good time yeah. to shine. Yeah, very good. I love the episode where uh, Flash and uh, Lex Luthor uh, swap minds in that. And Lex yeah. Luthor, you know, is like, now I will know who the Flash is. He takes off his mask and then he goes, I have no idea no who this idea is. Who yeah. I also like the, I also like the episode where, like, they gave Cheetah a little spotlight. And in fact, this hands down is the best Cheetah design. Like, it's animalistic, definitely, it's curvy, it's everything. Definitely, definitely. Way better than whatever the hell they did in Wonder mm -hmm. Woman 1984. Yeah, go on ahead, yeah. Jordan, if you want. Just, sorry, sorry. Um, my favorite, probably, I wish they had more animation of him, would be uh, Constantine. Ever since they had the crossover with him and Lucifer in uh, the DC live-action stuff, I wish they would do more with this British actor and the actual guy who uh, did Lucifer from the TV yeah. series have a lot more with him and those two together. That's interesting. Nice. Nate, Nate, that definitely could work out. Yeah. Basically, a DC character. He basically interacts with the Marvel care, uh, the DC characters for any supernatural business. Like, there's a couple on uh, the shows like The Haunted House, which is basically Constantine's big house. Or with the Justice like he basically crossed over with them. You're like, oh, we need one person who can deal with the supernatural stuff is this fucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Constantine <laughs> yeah. is a great, great character. And the Keanu Reeves movie isn't that bad either, to be honest. Yeah. I got to yeah. hop off, guys. But like All I said, right. uh, another one of my favorite superhero cartoons, and I know we just did an episode on it, is probably going to be uh, Brave and the Bold because it just oh, loved yeah. how it did the Silver Age. And it really, again, was a love letter to that era of Batman that I feel like a lot of nowadays, I feel like it's kind of getting the shaft, like the that era. And I understand why, because listen this way, you're not going to have the Batman. You're not going to have like Robert Patterson fight like uh, the Mad Hatter or Clock King or that, although that would be awesome. Well, that but would be awesome. I feel like uh, it is a love letter to an era of Batman that, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of love, it seems. And, Same. of course, they had Adam West as the mayor, so that alone was a huge notch in his favor. Oh, I really can't yeah, wait yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's always, always a benefit when they did that. But, yeah, those are probably going to be my two uh, answers for my favorite superhero cartoons is uh, Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited, and uh, Brave and the Bold. And, of course, Batman the Animated Series. But I feel like everybody's going to mention that, so... Oh, hell yeah. It wouldn't be really much of a surprise. Yeah, we pretty much all, all of us are going to say probably Batman the Animated Series is part of our uh, favorite superhero cartoons. That is like a like saying the sky is blue or like uh, gravity exists. But yeah, nice. that, those are going to be my choices. So, Angron, <laughs> what are your two, uh, what are your favorite uh, live actions, or live, sorry, what are your favorite uh, superhero cartoons? I will. Oh, man, that is a tough one. Because, yeah, hands down, I will actively say Batman the Brave of the Bold is better than something like Teen Titans and whatnot. But, I'm sorry. Like, when it comes to DC and cartoons, nothing. Absolutely nothing, in my opinion. Like, Batman the Brave of the Bold can come close, but it will never top the Alan Burnett era of cartoons. 
hands down. Justice League, Unlimited, Batman, Superman, Static Shock, and even the Zeta Project. An underrated, almost forgotten TV series. Like, hands down, are my favorite freaking collection of uh, DC cartoons, period, that have so much charm, so much substance, for the most part, and just, oh man, so much going for it. It has Mark Hamill as the Joker, it has Conroy as Batman, it has freaking Bill Lamar as Static freaking Shock. I could gush about these for millennia. They are that great. It has the best cheetah, it has the best Lobo. Good lord, I just love it. When I hear his voice blow, it has the best mixes pitlick, hands down. Gilbert yeah, I mean, Gilbert peace. Godfrey right away. I mean, that guy is, again, yes. you know, that guy, a legend, absolute legend. And he was great in, uh, yes. in everything he did. And of course, like you said, the voice cast was absolutely amazing. Oh, yes, hands down. The voice cast it works on so many levels and even has its fair share of transformations. <laughs> I'm looking at Wonder Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no oh, dragon is, but... Oh, man, still, I will wax poetic about that series, about those series for ages, and, and it is... Yeah, with good that, reason. Yeah, for good reason, absolutely. It also has, in my opinion, one of the best uh, tragic villains, this side of Mr. Freeze, or even, uh, in the mo for the most part, like Clayface or something like that, Baby doll, hands down. Oh, right. Like, yes, baby doll, hands down. It also has Selena Kyle transformed to a cat, which is a bonus. Yeah, and also, too. An and also an entire office transformed into freaking animals by Mixed Pet Like in Superman. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, man. Back to the TF sort of thing. But yeah, that's yeah. going to be my pick, hands down. Oh, that's a great one. That that really really is a great pick right there. So, uh, Striker, what would you have to say is yours? I was going to say uh, Batman the Animated Series to joke <laughs> around, but uh, we got the first. No, ab after uh, some thought, I remembered another uh, good series. Um, oh, yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man actually. Oh. That yep, I haven't seen it. Is it really good? It really was actually. It was nice. better than it, it was a lot better than most series. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, even better than the original Spider-Man cartoon. Not Spider-Man Friends, because reasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like oh, nice. Um, they even had like uh like. Spider-Man pretty much uh, mentor the, uh, the the Defenders, you know, the Marvel uh, team, the Defenders. Oh, nice. Uh, like, in this series, they were, like, up-and-coming uh, superheroes. Like, they had Power Man, they had uh, Iron Fist, who was played by Greg Sipes, by the way. Nah, wait, who is Greg uh, Sipes? Nice. Uh, guy voice Beast Boy. Beast Boy, oh. and, of oh. course... Uh, uh, Michelangelo from 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nah, I'm sorry, what? Awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, he played uh, uh, Mikey in uh, Ninja Turtles 2020, uh, 2012. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. Never mind. <laughs> it's all good. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, my uh, and another thing, of course, my like a, a personal favorite. Uh, the fact that they had a, the fact that they had a, a white tiger appear for the first time in a cartoon. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah, like she was kind of like <laughs> she kind of ended up being one of my personal favorite uh, uh, superheroes. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Honestly, I hear White Tiger, and I think of that one, uh, I think of that one, uh, cat superhero from, uh, the Justice Friends. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like a yeah. combination, that's basically, 
Uh, that's basically uh, WB's answer to the Avengers, sort of. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that also, the... <laughs> oh man. Oh god, that was really oh, god. I, I was half <laughs> to put that at the top, but then the Alan Burnett came up, and I'm like, mm, no going back. Yeah. Well, I... Uh... The thing is with uh, White Tiger is that uh, after they uh, after Disney acquired uh, Marvel, they kind of had this whole like uh, thing with uh, that they didn't want to use the uh, the uh, True Fear um, really the, uh, True Fear uh, a story arc in in uh, in huh. any. Marvel media. Huh. And that what was, was True Fear all about? Uh, it was sort of like horror um, horror part of uh, Marvel. But for some oh. reason, it just ended up uh, they ended up not using uh, they ended up not wanting to do it for some reason. I'm guessing it's because uh, Disney not uh, wanting to do horror. Cop out. I mean, honestly, Disney's return to Oz and something wicked this way comes. Just come on, man. D- those yeah. two alone. Yeah. Wow. Dude. Wow. They, yeah, that they is surprising. Just, yeah, but for some reason they just didn't want to do that in the um uh in the MCU for some reason. Mm. Uh, I kind of ended up being a little uh, upset when they didn't decided not to, and that meant that my favorite character from the Ultimate Spider-Man would not appear in the MCU again. Cop out. Definitely, it definitely. is. At yeah. least we got her animated. At least there's that. At least there's yeah, that's that. interesting. Yeah, that's and uh, one one thing I will say that I found very interesting was the fact that Spider-Man was played by Drake Bell. Uh, oh. Who is he? Uh, Drake from Drake and Josh, and uh, don't look up other stuff about him, because yeah. Do not. Yeah. Oh, um, he was, yeah, he, he was in Drake and Josh, but he was also, um, have you ever seen Superhero Movie? Uh, oh, yeah, he was in that. That was a yeah, I remember I him in that. He played a parody of Spider Man. Yeah, it basically oh, was, it was done by the guys who did a scary movie, but they spoofed superhero movies. It's it's okay. It's not <laughs> okay. the worst of those Ugh. kind of movies. That makes sense. Also, yeah, it I, reminds me of uh, freaking. Uh, oh god, that yeah. nah, never mind. I, I I hear I hear Drake and Josh, and I think of that. I think at the time they both did a uh, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver commercial. That's where I know him the most from. Oh wait, Drake Bell also played Timmy Turner in the live-action Barely oh, uh, Odd Parents movies. Oof! They he what? Ouch! Yeah. That, yep. Yeah, that was where oof oof oof. Oh god! Yeah, wait. Oh no! I know what you're talking about with Drake and Josh. Oh gosh, Drake and Josh. They're they're like there's like this one thing that will remain forever ingrained in my mind when I hear Drake and Josh. It's them doing ping pong, but it's like to Wii tennis, Wii oh, table no. tennis. It's just hilarious. Oh, there's I need to show the, you that. There's also the fucking Game Sphere meme. Oh, God. It's spherical. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, yeah those are uh, that's, really good choices. Yep. Yeah, that's my pick. Okay, uh, oh, striker, uh, math rather. What would you have to say? All right. Uh, so to justify my pick i'm going to uh uh explain this first so batman is obviously a superhero he has Mm -hmm. no superpowers he just has gadgets and his wits and he fights villains but he is still a superhero Mm -hmm. so with that justification in mind impossible makes sense oh yeah i liked that that show too I mean, we also, I mean, with that technicality, we also got stuff like Mega Man. We got, oh, fuck, there are a lot of other superhero mo- hero shows that I can think of right now. My Hero Academia, Mega Man. 
yeah, Impossible was just such a great series. Oh, it's a great, great show. I, wow, I never would have thought of that as superhero, but uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. It was really smart. It was really creative. Uh, Just great characters, voice actors. Probably the single best sidekick ever made in Ron Stoppable. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yes. Best boy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Batman Beyond was also part of the Alan Burnett universe. Extra bonus. Yes. Fuck yeah. Just the way they did Kim Possible and they knew when to end it and how to end it. It was just fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. And and it's a show that I'm glad that they ended it when they did. It's like they knew when to bow out. And they actually got more than 65 episodes because of fan demand, which Mm. that never happens. Or at least it never happened back then. It's like when you were done. Yeah. It was not normally the end of the movie. And fan demand was that they wanted another season with uh, Ron and Kim as a couple uh, to get their final year of high school out. And so they actually brought it back. Nice. Nice, nice. But yeah, uh, that that is an excellent, excellent idea, you know? Oh, hell yeah. That is an excellent idea. Some brilliant freaking thoughts. Yep. So, uh, and Lucky Evie, uh, what would you have to say is your favorite uh, superhero cartoon? Honestly, not sure. Mm. Never really watched any of them. It's all good. Interesting. So, yep. Uh, now it is time for uh, the Dragonus scale, where we rank the Dragonus. And Dinosaur Wonder Woman. This is an interesting one, because for me personally, I like her design way more than her normal design. I like the voice. I like... Uh, I kind of like that, again, they kept her original design while still making her reptilian is a nice touch. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, for a one, if it had, if the transformation had a little more bite to it, rather than just like a kind of a transformation where she just glows a bit and then she turns into a dinosaur. I feel like, but again, they couldn't have gone too elaborate because they added an 11 minute time slot. And this clearly was like rushed out to get it done with. So they weren't going to do a more complex transformation. But I still think a little bit more complex one would have been nice to see. Mm. But despite that, I like the the fact that the voice actress actually gave her a different voice. That, that shows a lot of bit of uh, ingenuity there. And yeah, I just feel, again, it's an 11-minute short, so she doesn't get too much time to shine. But she does do a lot more than Batman does. So yeah, yeah. That, that is something to be mentioned here. Oh, so hell yeah. I'm going to give her a... I want to give her an eight. I really do, but I don't think I can go any higher than a seven out of ten for a dinosaur Wonder Woman. I'm gonna give her a seven as well because, yeah, the design, uh, yeah, it pretty much screams freaking uh, Hanna Barbera, and it very much screams like '60s, '70s, and '80s DC. And it's a charm that that I can ultimately get behind. And she does, yeah, like you say, do do a lot. But the design, for the most part, feels a little too humanoid, for the most part. Less, yeah, it feels less dino and honestly more, like, person in, like, a weird costume. Which I get, but, yeah, that factor alone is what holds it down at 7 for me. It's not bad, and it certainly could be a whole lot worse. Hi, Marvel. But, yeah, that that's my pick. Yep, that is all good reasons. Uh, Striker? So, uh, I think I might have to agree, a seven. I'm, I'm going to have to watch the episode later, because I completely forgot. It's all good, it's all good. Um, Math, what would you have to give her? I'm actually going to be the uh, uh, odd man out here, and going to go a bit lower. Yeah. I... Did not like the design too much. It it looks like it fits more in Space Ghost or the Herculoids. There's yeah, a I can see that. Barbara lore. Uh, it it feels out of place here, and it's it's too simplistic and just does not look like it fits for Wonder Woman. Having said that, I do really appreciate that uh, the voice actress, who is predominantly a theater actress, put in effort to. Difference between Wonder Woman and this uh, character, and oh yeah, it, it was 
interesting, if nothing else, but mm. I just got to give it a five. Wow. Oof. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand why. You know, it's nothing you know out of the ordinary with it. And um, Evie, what would you have to give her? I can't find a great image of her. Uh, how about the picture I posted? The one. Yeah, uh, in the chat. In the chat, right up here. Uh, hold on. Let me look. In the uh, Disney chatting section. Yeah. It's, oh. Uh. Wait. What? I guess I. Oh, I remember. Hmm. It looks more like a weird turtle thing, honestly. I mean, you're not wrong. A little bit. I mean, you're not wrong. So, what would you give it just based on that picture? I know it's not really a way to uh, to rank it, but points stocked off him for looking like a weird turtle. So, what would you give it? Five. Alright, so good. And um, okay, and. uh, that is going to be it for this week. If you have any questions or if you want to send us your impression of 60s Batman as a dinosaur, yeah. you, can feel free, you can feel free to email us at fierydiscourse at outlook.com or visit us at Twitter at twitter.com slash fierydiscourse. Next time, we'll be talking about the 2018 uh, Russian animated movie Enchanted Princess. That is oh, definitely going to be an interesting time because it's a weird one. Like, Sword and the Dragon uh, was definitely an odd movie. That looks like a that looks like a standard uh, film noir compared to the insanity that Enchanted Princess is going to give us. So it's definitely going to be a very interesting episode to talk about, and we'll talk about that next week. And until then, thank you guys so much for watching, and take care. Later, later, Adi- adios.